I want to give a huge thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Therapy isn't something to run away from, it's a vessel to run towards. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service and it's 100% online, so break out your comfies. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time. Any time! And schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. No more fumbling to get a session on the calendar. You schedule based on when the time is right for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. Therapy changed my life for the better. Pun intended. And with BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash rocky. That's betterhelp.com slash rocky. My family, the gals, they came into Manhattan last week so we could spend the day in the city galloping all over. The same family that took a picture in Central Park on a random Monday while Dave Chappelle just casually walked by us. The same family that goes joint for joint while we giggle through the Big Apple. I feel so lucky not only to have a podcast where I can share our day together and just cement it in history, But also, I feel lucky for them. The night before we were all together, we were hanging out, and the plan was early-ish, metro north into the city. But first, to start our day off, I just gotta give a shout-out to my mom. She got up super early, got ready, and made all of us train breakfast. That's right, train breakfast, bagels for every person. That's seven people with a two-slot toaster, and all the bagels had to be sliced and cream-cheesed. Why'd she do it? Well, she did it because she's our thoughtful leader who cares about her family, and everyone should just be more like her. And you better motherfucking believe everybody's eyes lit up when they saw those surprise train bagels. She started the day by planting a seed of goodness with that one act of kindness. This week, do something, one thing, anything that'll make someone's life easier. I'm not even saying bigger, badder, or better. I'm saying easier. My cousins and I peeled off real quick when we first got to the city because I had to drop a bunch of stuff off at my place. They came with me, made it part of the adventure, and I looked at them and I said, wow, we're like really grown. We've been having full days in New York as a family since before I can remember. But then one day, You're just an adult, and you don't have to ask your mommies, is it okay if we go do our own thing really quick? We can just be like, hey, we're gonna go do this thing real quick. And that's how fast life moves. Of course, I've been an adult for almost longer than I have it, so this isn't new, but my cousin also had one of those weed pens that makes you cough so hard when you hit it that you have to be careful you don't throw up. Just me, only me, I know it can't be just me. And so maybe that's what sent me into that existential circle of life rabbit hole thought. I don't know. When we reconvened with everyone, we had no plan, which is the norm. That's how we do it. But it was a really hot day for sure. So if you're going to have a hot walking day with your family in Manhattan, you've got to have some pit stops to refresh, baby. Those pit stops will make you feel like a new person. A place to pee, a place to refill your water, touch up your makeup. That's where I come in. Knowing all the hideaways, the spots, knowing the hideaways around town are my contributions to the group. Hey, did you know that there's a mayor of the Meatpacking District? I believe his name was Roberto. My mom met him on the corner and she introduced me to him and then he invited me to an Italian film festival. I think when the mayor of the Meatpacking District personally invites you to an Italian film festival, you gotta go. Plus, I love doing random ass things. Doing random ass things, that's what keeps you well-rounded. Grazie, Roberto. Oh, have you been to Little Island? 
I hadn't been. The only way I can describe it is it's like Bedrock from the Flintstones movie, specifically the one with John Goodman. It's just this gorgeous hidden gem all the way on the west side. It's so green, great views, excellent walking paths. You can bring a joint, a book, a bottle of wine, a blanket, picnic food, a Bluetooth, your best friend, your dog, your sunscreen, because New York's hottest island is little. After that, we walked along the water, and Kenan Thompson just walked by us. I don't mean to blow up your spot, Kay, if you were meant to be somewhere else on a Monday or early evening. I just thought it was so cool that you walked by. And if you thought that the adventure stopped at walking past Keenan, that's where you're wrong. It didn't. We walked over to Washington Square Park where there was a DJ and a ton of people dancing. Obviously a planned event, but I'm just announcing this to the world in case you're the kind of person who needs and wants to dance at 6 p.m. outside for free to good music on a Monday. And you're welcome for relaying the message. And our last stop was Little Italy, of course. It's a tradition. Whenever we're all together, we end our day in Little Italy. All that walking, we got a carbo load, baby. I try to keep it real on here, and I'm gonna keep it real. I was feeling great all day until the second we sat down. When we sat down, I felt like the entire day of walking and heat hit me at once. I had this headache, I had no appetite, I felt sticky, ugh, don't get me wrong. I'm still cracking jokes. I'm still having a laugh. The vessel was just out of fuel. Let me tell you something. Whatever you think is the right amount of water for you on a hot day, triple it. Triple it. All the water I had that day exited my body. It turned into this plasma-like consistency, and then it stuck right to my skin. There wasn't a hideaway in Manhattan that could help me. That feeling of the day stuck to my skin like a crying toddler. And what makes me the most sad is I feel like I missed an entire half a bowl of fettuccine Alfredo. I couldn't finish it. Normal not sticky Rocky would have finished the whole... I guess I should say not as sticky Rocky. I'm always a little sticky, but I'm a woman on the go. I didn't know who this really sticky Rocky was at this point. I couldn't relate to her. One thing I do love about Little Italy is that the male staff objectifies you just enough to make you feel like after a long day, you're still a ciabella and not a cowsmella. You feel me? Lot of winking with every watery fill, every bread drop. This waiter, he's winking and winking and winking. The owners are blowing kisses. The chef is jerking off. When he dropped off that fettuccine Alfredo, I had to check and make sure it wasn't a homemade sauce. You know what I'm saying? If it was jizz. There have been so many New York days with my family. Throughout the years, they blur together, and we don't remember what we did when or what happened where. We just know how we felt and that we had fun. But now we can put the pieces of this day together forever. Mom, Debbie, Maria, Dee, Katie, Olivia, and Kaylee, I love ya. To more hot and sweaty days in the Big Apple, baby. Welcome to the Rocky Rundown, where you get to learn a little bit about my week. Party God Squad, hello. Did you have a good week? I sure hope so. I hope you got laid in the shade, sipping a Gatorade. I know I did. Will Smith said it best. It's like the summer's a natural aphrodisiac. I haven't seen Barbie yet, but by the next time an episode comes out, I will have an absolute full report on what critics are calling, I don't know, the best? I've only heard amazing things. I'm definitely a Barbie girl. I'd hardly call this a Barbie world, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I bet women would not be having their rights stripped away law by law if we were living in a Barbie world. This is my impression of politicians having a conversation about taking away women's rights. Oh, I'm having so much fun! Well, Barbie, we're just getting started. Ooh-oh! Ooh-oh! I had 83 Barbies growing up. 83! 
For my third birthday, I was gifted a hot pink Barbie car while wearing a hot pink leather jacket and while Prince's little red Corvette played in the background. I don't really know what age I stopped playing Barbie, maybe 10, 11, 12, but that's a long time to love something, you know? I was out with some friends on Friday night and I sang Barbie Girl at karaoke. Now, I don't know how you picture that going down. I fantasized it like this. Me doing cute dance moves while hitting all the notes and my autograph being requested, nay, demanded after the performance. But mostly it was just me being out of breath, trying not to pant into the mic, while also doing choreography that was foreign to both me and my body. More Raggedy Ann in a pink top vibes, but that's okay, honey. Raggedy Ann was a star too. Speaking of stars... A recent interview with Kelly Clarkson and Sandra Bullock came on my algorithm and I watched it. And for a second I thought, oh my god, Sandra Bullock, do you age? She looks timeless, she looks flawless, skin tighter than the bottom of a freshly blown up balloon. And then I went to Google because I was going to Google what's her secret, but I stopped myself. And I remembered, oh. She's literally been a star since the movie Speed. Her cup runneth over with coinage. So now you don't have to Google the secret. People, we want to Google everything through any inconvenience, anything we forget. Use brain? What brain? I have small box in pocket with light. I stare at little light box for hours and hours. Box makes me feel good and tells me fact I like just for me. Little Lightbox takes all my precious time in exchange for my only soul. Little Lightbox with answers is best friend. What? Box for phone calls? Yuck. I ignore. No answer. I don't want to. I want to watch Stranger cut many ingredients into bowl while Robin Thicke Blurred Lines plays under it. Little Lightbox tells me everything. If I put Little Lightbox down, I immediately pick Little Lightbox up. Little Lightbox cripples my social skills and makes me walk with head down in the street like dummy or pay attention to it while I drive huge vehicle that could kill on impact. I don't care. Little Lightbox loves me. I get older, life fades away, and Little Lightbox gets better and better. Ice cream's so good. <sighs> All I'm saying is if you're trying to remember something, give yourself a minute without relying on Google. I know you can't be inconvenienced for a goddamn second, but you have a big, squishy computer right behind your eyes. And it's up to you to keep the software updated. Oh my god. This isn't even a high thought, but go with me on this. You know how we only use roughly 5% of our brains? What if, ride with me here, what if humans used to use 100% of our brains? And because our brains were so powerful and computer-like, we didn't need to keep physical records of anything because, duh, your brain and his and hers and their brains remembered everything. Then when those humans got taken out by, I don't know, the Ice Age or whatever, and give me a break for not knowing what wiped these humans I'm speaking of out. I only use 5% of my brain, maybe 8 on a good day. And then when the new humans popped up, the cavemen, they started out at about 2%. And now we're only evolved to 5% brain capacity because you need to Google which band sang Wonderwall. Well, it was Oasis. But personally, I like Jay-Z's version better. How are you okay with only using 5% of your brain? Don't you want to expand it more? And don't you think that's an incredible waste of a brain? Why are we all just okay with this? And to think we got here all because the little light box showed me a video of Kelly Clarkson and Sandra Bullock. Quick unrelated message for anyone working on AI. Hey, smarty, chill for a second with the robots and figure out a way to make dogs live longer, you fucking revolutionary genius of our time. Keep dogs healthy and spry and add another 25, I don't know, 30, 40, if you really a baddie, years to their life. Also, humans. Why do we, and I shouldn't say we because I don't know what the fuck you do in your house, but why do I stay cutting out words when talking to Alexa? Alexa, turn on living room lights. Alexa, turn off all lights. If you do that too, I'm going to tell you right now, the word the doesn't stand a chance in the future. 
That brings us to Rocky's highest thoughts, my most stoned thoughts of the week. Number one, do Meghan Markle and Prince Harry's kids have a last name? Number two, I wonder what age Joan Rivers stopped having sex for real. Number three, hieroglyphics. What if they were the most hilarious, prolific jokes of all time? But we'll never know what they mean because hieroglyphics were never and could never be translated. And number four, did somebody translate hieroglyphics? My guest this week is returning member of the Party God Squad, member of the Toosie Club, and friend of mine for almost 15 years, comedian Nick Alexander. Nick's wild word was a lot, and his story proved that to be true. Nick is a bi-coastal comic, an extremely funny man who just keeps growing and keeps building, and he's the guy to follow if you aren't already doing so. Don't say I didn't warn you. If you haven't done so already, please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You can follow me at Wild Nights with Rocky on TikTok and Instagram, at Wild Nights Pod on Twitter. If you want to watch extended interviews with all of my guests, please subscribe on YouTube. You can support the show for 2 or $5 a month by joining my Patreon. A big thank you and a future thank you to everyone who's written and everyone who will write a review when this episode is over. It really does make a difference. And now, please enjoy another Wild Nights conversation with Nick Alexander. Nick, welcome back. Thank you for doing the podcast. Rocky, what's up, girl? How you doing? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good. So happy that you're back on the show. The last time I saw you was earlier in the year when you hosted yeah. the show. That was great. It was a really good show, all right? We had a really good lineup, a nice little pop-in, you know, surprise guest. What mm. was it called? The, the Secret Society Show? society show yes everyone on that show except for nika king was a past guest of the podcast and okay. we were supposed to have our big daddy siphon but he had some other obligations but that that was all right because you absolutely crushed it hosting and it, right. it was so good for me because obviously i know i've known you over well over a decade now i yes, know yes. how great of a comic you are but You've been in L.A., so mm -hmm. I, to see you and see how much you've grown and just the swag with it and everything, it was just great. Yeah, yeah you saw really early Nick, like young Nick, just taking stage time and paying dues, progressively working a set and getting better and more comfortable. And then, like, I go away and then, yeah, it had been about five, six years since you probably saw me perform. Maybe, yeah, maybe more because yeah. you stopped working. When did you start working at high? 2012. So, yeah, it had been a long time. But it's crazy because, you know, even if it had been 10 years since you last saw me, for at least two years, you saw me every night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Two, three years, you watch me perform every night, every single night. So, like, yeah, looking back, it was like I was really just trying to be, get good and be comfortable. And shout outs to the High Comedy Club. You know, it was a place where I can get reps and I, and I was able to grow at a faster rate than most comics would start out. And I, Always remember that even with the politics or whatever you feel like you were not getting or whatever from comedy, I just always remember like, yo, I'm definitely getting better than 85 to 90 percent of comedians starting out doing comedy because of how much stage time I was getting. So, yeah, prices, good fun times, fun times. We both moved on to bigger and better things. I know? also remember how much because, you know, there can be new people in the mix and they may, yeah. may not always get treated well, specifically new comics. But I just yeah, temper yeah, that yeah. corner of guys. I felt like all those guys were so seasoned and they really loved you and kind of took you under their wing. Sean, OC. Mike Gaffney, JP Justice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pat Brown, Rodney Laney. I just messaged Rodney. We're supposed to hopefully get up, but he was, you know, he does a lot of ships. So it's like he's in and out of town yeah. a lot. But yeah, man, yeah, good, good, good times, good times. And yeah, the Secret Society show was fun. I had a one of the time shout out to St. Mark's Comedy Club that, that yeah. hosted us. Alex and Danny, but I would say in general, it is a lot to produce. It is. It is a lot. So Nick's wild word was a lot. And I will say, Nick, I believe you were the fifth episode I've ever done of this show. That early? Really? I was that I didn't realize that. You were like right up in the beginning. I think you were the fourth or fifth episode. And everyone should go back and listen to it because I was obviously, again, starting out and getting this yeah. show under my feet, whatever. Nick came with the wildest story. I mean, he was dropping celebrity names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was definitely a good story because, yeah, we it just 
Yeah, we a lot happened that night. It, thank I wasn't you. expecting <laughs> it. I wasn't expecting it. So, Nick, I am so excited to hear your next wild night. So, give it to us a lot. Yeah, you're gonna get a lot. It's hard to start because it's like there's a backstory behind what takes place that night. If I can go into it a little bit, so there's this. I don't want to say who also knows her because that. Yeah, we're gonna try to keep her. Uh, we can change names too. We protect the innocent and not so innocent on the show. So feel free to change names. Just it's somebody Matt knows, but I doubt she'll watch this or what. Or maybe, I don't know. Maybe she. I don't know. She could be your like, She saw the fifth episode. Support me, and then I had no idea she watched it. All right, there's this woman who I'll say I I have known for damn near almost ten years, also, and I've been cool with. Right now, off first glance, I was attracted to her. She was a supporter of another comic, like going to his shows, and then saw me with him, and then we kind of struck up a bond of our own. Right, he did mess with her a little bit, but like you know, it didn't go like too far, or like they didn't become boyfriend girlfriend. You know how it is. It's like. Women hang with comics, and then sometimes you kind of like mess with another comic or another comic's attractive, and it gets a little weird, you know, in terms of the, the entanglements. If we want to, you know, use that uh, throwback, we do, we do, yeah. I was attracted. She was like a you know pretty Latina, you know. I don't want to even say which type because it's just like let me try, try to keep it big as possible. Latina, yeah. Afro Latina. We'll go there. She would come to the shows and hang out. We were, like, doing a lot of, like, gigs, like, Lower East Side, Midtown, whatever. And she thought I was funny, thought I was cute, very flirty, very aggressive, you know, like, New Yorker, born and raised. That's the energy I'm getting. And mind you, I'm, like, 21, maybe 22 at the time. You know, I'm, I'm just amazingly confident. At that point, by then, when I realized I was funny and I was legal, I can get in the clubs and bars. I'm like, you know what, let me just shoot my shot. I don't care. I don't have nothing to lose. And we kind of hit it off really well. So one night we go out drinking. The thing is, she she when she has like alcohol issues, when she gets drunk and gets crazy, which we'll, we we are gonna get into. Yeah. But backstory: when she gets a lot of liquor in the system, she becomes a lot to deal with, right? Gotcha. Yeah. And she was the first time we hung out. It was like a double Jameson, and I had never drank in like a double. And like, yeah, I drank with the double Hennessy or uh, Jameson or whatever it was. That shit was strong. You know what I mean? Like I would drink, but I, I hadn't drank like that until I got with her. But like, you know, when you're 21 and you're horny. You and know, brown yeah. liquor is different. Brown liquor, brown liquor is different. different. Brown liquor, you know, I don't know what it does for everybody, but brown liquor for me had my dick on super hard. Like I, okay. I yeah, it, 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 the, the, the erection that the brown liquor hit me with was crazy. So we're like, we're on dance floor dancing. And she was like, damn, I prefer your shit. Yeah. Like, yo, like, you got a big, yo, you got to relax, Nick. And I'm like, yeah, I'm trying. It's truly hard. <laughs> Literally. Liquor in your ass. You know, she had a nice ass. And it's like, yo, I won't well, I can't help myself. I can't control it, you know? So she caught that vibe. You know, like, we, 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 we made out. And we kissed, and then we tried to make plans another time, and like, and then one time we went to like an apartment to go hang out in the in Washington Heights. She was drunk and high. The dude that she was with, you know, says something that pissed her off, and I, I'm learning her. I didn't realize about her. And when she gets feels slighted in any sort of way, she just blacks out, reds, starts cussing people out, starts talking mad shit. She don't care where she is, and we got kicked out. That should have been the first sign that said, Nick, hey, you know what? Maybe you can be cool with this girl, but I don't know if it's worth trying to stick it out and see if you can maybe get laid or, or, or be intimate with her in any sort of fashion. But I'm young and dumb, Nick, so I'm not listening to that. Yeah. You know, she she's also a mother, so she had kids and then she started really spiraling. So didn't see her as much. We lost we lost touch or whatever yeah. like that. But like from afar, because of just the, the teases, because she's a big tease, the teases that I got, I was just like, Man, like I really wanna just just wanna hit it. Like I don't even know if yeah. I want I definitely don't want like a relationship or anything like that, but at that point I'm just like, I, I gotta see what you're like for myself, yeah. like just so I, I have the knowledge of self. And that's a, a, a thing. So much buildup. And that's the thing with guys. It's like, I don't want you just for your body. You know what I mean? But I've already invested so much time and energy texting and, you know, trying to hit you up and make plans to eat and drink and go around. She's the type of girl that loves bar hop. So that gets, you know, that can be annoying too. And yeah. she just was like, oh, let's go to this spot. Let's go to this spot. And then you can't have money. Directs it. I'm just like, damn, killing me right now. But I, I don't want to act like I don't got it going with it because you want to you know you want to just you know have the story have the feeling of knowing what it was like to be with her you know i think that's a nice way of saying it right i wanted the experience yeah that's so yeah very nice way to put it <laughs> yeah you know it's all about in the delivery right yeah you know yes. yeah ultimately nothing ever seriously materialized even on the sex part and you know i'm doing my thing in new york she's living her life working handling her family and stuff like that 
right. LA. She keeps we kind of keep in touch here and there when she because sometimes she'll take off her social media. She's also one of those conspiracy theorists. She is smart and knowledgeable of things, but then sometimes you have people that just kind of like can go too far with all that, and then yeah. just like, all right, well, you all right, I get it. You question, you should question everything and be curious, but when it gets too much, it can kind of be exhausting. You know, it was healthy distance, pandemic. Even to here and there. So we'll zoom up to the last time I was here. Because every time I was in New York, I'm like, hey, you know, you should come out to a show. Let's catch up. And she never makes it out. So finally, I do a show at this club, Comedy in Harlem, that's owned and ran by comedians, uh, Jamie Roberts, Nikki Sunshine. They're married and they're running a comedy club in Harlem that is, you know, great because it's one venue. It is a black owned club. They, you know, let any comic produce shows there and they put up anybody who, who wants to perform and who shows up. But it's predominantly catered towards the black and brown, you know, community and, yeah. and comic wise and, you know, just the audience wise. We don't want to maybe go into Manhattan, into the city or downtown. A side note, just shout out to them. So she surprises me and comes to the show. I didn't know she was coming. Yeah, she comes to the show, Dolo. She gets to the show like already kind of drunk tipsy. Like she went to, she had drank somewhere beforehand. When I see her, she just jumps the shit out of me like, yeah. And I'm like, oh. It had been years at this point? Years. I hadn't okay. seen her like since... Yeah, some damn that could be another episode story, the the uh, the origin story of a, of a bad date night that went haywire. That was, and then I was amazed and go like, yeah, Nick, come on, you can't you you can't deal with this girl. But she surprised me, so I was happy to see her, obviously, because it's like, hey, like we've been through life, pandemics, and all that other shit. So yeah, but she jumped me in the green room, so I'm catching up with comics, and then she just bam. And then, you know, like a comic, especially like a female comic or whatever, that you're gonna notice the energy and think like, oh, this one of Nick's little groupies, like she's making noise. And it's like, you know, the club ain't that big. So if you're talking loud in the ground, you can hear it in the showroom. When my boy, he's trying to come back, tell us, yo, Nick, you gotta keep it down. Yo, what's up with her? You got, she gotta relax. And she's like, oh, my bad, my bad. Like she's doing that stupid drug behavior. Yeah, yeah. We talk in, and then she goes back inside. And then she's the type of person thinks that like heckling is helping the show. Right. And it's not. But she's fucking loose having a good time drinking. And she teeters on annoying. I haven't Disa said, you know, she's like cheerleader, you know, vibes. You go back to the green room, hang out some more. And then it's like, yo, so what you want to do? I said, well, uh, yeah, she is fucking. Let's just hang out. Let's catch up. So we go to Harlem Tavern. That's a spot nearby. And it was nice. So we're going there. We're having drinks. And she's a person social interacts with whoever. It doesn't matter who they are. And like. She starts kind of like hitting it off with some of the women there, just like flirting, like, oh, you look good. Look at you, girl. Yeah, bitch. Yeah. Like all that stuff. You know, she wants, she, she's drinking. She's not killing my budget, but it's like, all right, we're having a good time. So I didn't care about this place. We were just posting up at Tavern. It's going well. And then we meet this other, this other two, this guy and girl who are like out on, I guess, you know, whatever, date night, nice little Friday night situation. And we're getting to know them. We're talking shit, having drinks. They're dancing on each other. we watching because we got, like, two pretty girls with bodies really, like, doing stuff. Guys are looking. So it's just looking like, yo, we the fun section in, in, in this bar. Uh-huh. And uh, so it's going well. You know, we kind of hit it off again on the on the uh, affection side. Start kissing. Yeah, and something is going. And then she's, like, licking my fingers and just being her. Oh, okay. So maybe this is tonight. Nick finally gets the experience, right? Yeah. Going well. Then they tell us about how, hey, we're going to go uh, to this other spot and go dancing. And we said, all right, fuck it. Yeah, let's go dance. All right, I ain't been to a real, like, spot. Live is probably where people are, like, dancing, sweating, having a good time. I, lo- I love to do I love doing that, oh. but that, that's not the norm most places I go, especially in, out in L.A. I, like, I only have one spot where I know where they kind of, like, dance on the dance floor. And, you know, we go to this African spot. Uh, so I'm going to give I'm gonna give all these places promotion. So we were at Harlem Tavern. Now we're at Sylvana's. Have you ever been to Sylvana's in Harlem? No. It's cool. It's like it's a, it's an African-owned spot, and they play, but it's like, you know, you go downstairs, and it's dark, and it's like people are dancing. It's really, it's really cool. So we're in there. We're dancing, having a good time. She's flirting with the girl she's met. Um, I'm talking to the dude. The dude's like a real Harlem cat, you know, real cool, swaggy. It's still cold, I think, because of February. So the girl who's with the dude, the dude goes to the bathroom or to put away his coat, put his coat down, right? This African guy comes behind the girl, not my girl, but the other girl, and starts dancing. She thinks it's her dude, so she just keeps dancing. She's just, you know, shaking her booty, doing whatever. The dude, I guess, sees that, comes back, starts choking the shit out of this girl in the club. Just, bitch, what the hell with you? You out here dancing and shit with people, like, literally, like, choking her in front of everybody in the club. 
first he pushes the acne, you know, and it starts choking. All of a sudden, all the little good vibes. I'm just like, yo, what the hell is going on? Like, oh, what, what the, the my friend, homie, whatever. She is just like, yo, what, what are you doing? Why are you making a scene? This is ridiculous. Yo, you gotta relax. And then he's choking her, not choking her, choking her, talking, cursing around, just, you know, all kind, calling all kinds of names. Just you think I'm still be trying to play, be trying to look up dumbass. The African dudes who were body or security, whatever like that. They're not doing anything. They're just letting them choke this girl. And then I'm obviously trying to separate. You know, I want to try to calm him down. But at the same time, I'm like, yo, Nick, you don't know these people. Like, I don't know mm -hmm. this girl. It's a tough position to be in because in New York, you can kind of be witness to, you can, like, see a lot of public altercations. And women do need protection. Women should feel like somebody would do something noble to, to, to just do what's right and separate. But unfortunately, and I don't know how it works in other cities. I just talk about my city. But in New York, you become so desensitized to seeing stuff happen. You don't want to get involved because one, you can get hurt in the process because you don't know what that those people have under them. Like they're packing a gun or a knife or whatever. Say that, yep. Or you try to defend the woman and protect the woman and she doesn't want it. She makes excuses. Yeah. She's like, yo, that's just what we do or, 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 or business, you yeah. know, mind your business. And then you're like, well, shit. I'm sorry for trying to be a good dude and step in and prevent you from getting choked out or slapped up or punched or God, God knows what else. You know what I mean? And if he so, will choke her, he'll stab the shit out of you. Fuck 50 right down your face. And I'm not, you know, my face, I'm like, I, you know, I'm, I can't do comedy looking with all the cut up, looking like, you know, Mike Myers. Every time you go on stage. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, so I, I'm very good at... I'm not going to say diffusing because I, I definitely didn't stop her from children. But I'm good with not getting a guy to the point where he's going to take his frustrations out on me, but not also looking like I'm trying to only side with her. You know what I mean? Because you got to play that really, really. It's a, it's a nuanced thing. But my, my friend is just like, fuck, dude, what are you doing? Hitting, choking on a girl. She's been a, a victim of domestic violence as well. So obviously that must have been triggering. Yeah. And then also got, and then seeing the African bodyguard standing not doing anything. And then he's cussing them out too, but they're not doing shit. It's only when my friend starts going off and then starts cussing him out, starts trying to push him, get in his face, also cursing the Africans, and she's calling them all kinds of names. Like, yeah. you know, it's just, it's getting to the, 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 the stereotypical nasty name calling. So then they kick us out. We go upstairs, we got to get, then we leave. Then we forget the coat, so we gotta go back down and get somebody's coat. And I'm just, you know, and I'm trying to tell dude, yeah, we're just going to get the coat. Like I'm not trying to go back. We're gonna get, we gotta leave here. And she's just like, yo, you, why are you being so nice? And they're like, fuck these motherfuckers, you know, whatever, like that, you bitch ass, whatever, whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, look, I get it, I get it, I get it. They're pieces of shit, but you know, we're in their establishment. We need the fucking coat. Let's just get the coat and get out of here. So we're going back out here. It's freezing cold in the winter. They're continuing the fight outside. First, the girls go off. She can, like, be, be a woman and calm her down and help process what the hell just happened because she's embarrassed. Yeah. And I'm trying to talk to the dude, like, yo, man, like, you know, what are you, what, are you, what, what were you thinking? And he was like, yo, she was dancing on another dude trying to make me look stupid. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, no, no, no. It was a real accident. She really thought that that was him behind her. You could say, yeah, you could have looked behind you to see what was up, but you just have their eyes closed. It's Friday night. We've had, we've been having a good drinking. time. It's a vibe. We're drinking. Everything is cool. It's been great up until that point. So you're just thinking, oh, my man's finally back behind me and I'm going to shake my little booty. I'm going to shake my booty on him and it's going to be all good. But and yeah, the African dude was got overzealous and she just didn't look, she didn't look back. So yeah, man, he, he, he felt the way. So now we're on the sidewalk talking, going back and forth. My friend starts to attack him, like constantly just trying to fight him. And she's like, yo, I hate to fight. I'll give a damn. I'll fight a dude. You just never put your hands on a woman or a choke a woman. And he was like, yeah. Then this is his lie, his justification. He was like, "Yeah, I, yeah, whatever." I told him, but she liked that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like when I when we in the bedroom, I be choking her. So you know what I'm saying? Why would it be any different when we outside? I'm like, "Yo, bro, like you cannot use that as justification to choke a woman in public just because y'all do that in y'all sex life. Like that's two it's different very things. Different. And granted, they're not boyfriend girlfriend, but they you know they, they have a relationship. They they intimate. But yeah, he's putting all the the nasty stuff out on front street. She was like, "Oh my god, like I'm so." And be, like, how could you think that that would be cool to do? I would never disrespect you like that. And you just straight out embarrassed. She's damn, but he, and he's thinking that the, the choke logic is, is, is rational. It becomes like almost like a three-way fight. I have to keep separating between my friend, the girl and him, arguing and him and back with my friend. And just, he's going a lot. Then he gets to the point where like, yo, I'll choke your ass too if you keep doing it. And then she attacked it and then I had to separate. And at that point, I'm like, man, Nick, I don't know if you're going to get anything. Like, 
just <laughs> I'm still thinking about my my experience is being tempted because I'm like, yeah, who's gonna want to have sex after all this? And if it's gonna be sex, it's gonna be rage sex. And I don't know if you want rage. Like, I don't know about looking for rage sex. You know what I'm saying? With a drop. That might not be the vibe tonight. I was looking the- for. So then, yeah, we go to some other spot. Well, I don't know. Yeah, we're still hanging. Yeah, yeah. We go. We It was weird. We go to some other spot after where they're playing music and it's very Harlem and shit and, you know, girls are dancing. Then a uh, fight breaks out with the girls who are at that club. So then we have to leave the gang because I'm like, yeah, this is not going to work. I don't want to be around another possible beatdown. So then we, we finally part ways with the with the two Harlem Knights. They they seem to kind They're still kind of mad at each other, but I'm like, she's probably still going to let them fuck. Like, yeah. You know, it'll, it'll be whatever. It'll be passionate makeup sex. And, I, and I'm trying to tell them, yeah, man, yo, just make it right so you can give a good makeup sex and you can choke it in. You know what I'm saying? Just like, like, let it go. It was an accident. She apologized. What, what more do you want? Like, I get it. You would do it in these streets. You don't tolerate like that. But it was, I'm telling you, my, my dude, I don't think she was trying to disrespect. You. And yeah, then they eventually walk home together. So then I'm like, well, what do you want to do? And she was like, yo, let's hang out. I want to, I'm not ready to go home. I want to just kind of whatever. It's like 2 a.m. I'm kind of, don't you think we can kind of just talk to she was like, well, we can go back to the crib if you want. I'm like, yes, we should do that. At first, I was like, I, actually, I had the option to go home in Harlem, and I probably should have done it. I should have just left and go home. I said, all right, you caught up with this girl. It probably is best that you, you know, maybe she come to the show is cool, but yeah, don't try to pursue her anymore on the casual side, whatever. So we're in the car, but then she starts getting flirty teasy again. It's the, the most confusing mind thing in the world because her like attention span between getting angry, talking shit, being a tease, wanting to kiss, talk about ex. Oh, I'm just like, damn it. I wanted to leave, but now you, you're giving me these vibes again. So I'm like, maybe maybe this could work out. We go to the Bronx. We get a, get on the cab. And I'm just like, oh, man, we're gonna, I'm going to cab all the way to the Bronx. And then all of a sudden, she's forgetting that she was like talking stuff about us getting the hooking up earlier. So then I'm just like, oh, man, why did I stay in this cab? And, you know, yeah. and then it's not a, it's not a cheap ride where she lives, too. So it's like 30 some dollars. She's like saying, you know, like, I'm not paying for this cab. And I'm like, well, look, I, I was really just trying to make sure you got home safe. You know, I don't mind splitting with you. But she was like, yo, honey, I don't pay for cabs when I'm hanging out with guys. I'm like, that's cool. But we're technically not dating. You know, oh, like, we're friends. I don't I don't really. Yeah, we're friends. I don't really owe you that. Yes. I get it. You know, you're a pretty girl. Guys pay for whatever, whatever like that. But I was like, I don't owe you that. You you came to see me. We hung out. I bought drinks. Well, food. We moved around spot to spot. And you've been kind of all over the place. Emotionally, I'm just like, yeah, like I, I don't really have to come out of my pocket for this cab. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll, or I'll split it or whatever. I just pay the cab, whatever, then, because I'm not going to argue back and forth in front of the cab guy. And then so we go inside to our place. We lie down for a second. You charge my phone. I kind of try to see if we can calm down, relax, recap on the night, laugh about it, solve, talking about life and stuff. She wants to know, she, you know, she's asking me questions about what I had going on and vice versa. So then I'm thinking, okay, maybe we're settling down. She'll want to just relax. And at this point, Rocky, I'm like, I'm settling for cut. Like, we yeah. can just lay down in bed and yeah. hold each other. And, you know, let's just have a nice chill. You know, this is something to laugh about. But, you know, some, you know, it was one of those nights for me. I'm just like, hey, look, I'll just, I'll just take what I can get. Yeah. She tells me, she's like, man, I'm exhausted. I'm fucking, like, I haven't, I don't do this. Like, I don't put myself in those environments. Not that I'm scared, but it's just like, it had been a minute since I've been around doing that kind of shit. And I'm just like, yo, I'm, I'm different. I'm 32 now. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a dad, you know, even though that doesn't really affect who I spend my time with outside of my, my kid. But I'm just like, yeah, I'm not like, I'm not trying to go through shit like that anymore you know what i mean right and even though yeah when you're a dad and you're a parent it doesn't affect who you spend your time with but it does affect some of your decision making because your daughter needs you so it's like i can't be with myself in chaotic situations all the time because that's responsible to her but it does remind me without male influence people can have really fucked up justifications to do stuff so i'm like you know i got to gotta tell her like hey look when she gets to a certain age, just because you might like something in the bedroom, don't yeah. let that be a reason why this guy thinks they can do things to you outside the bedroom if, yeah, if yeah, you ever yeah. get your talking about shit like that. But uh, so to get back to it, so she's like, let's go look to the strip club that's down the block. I mean, I want to go look at some badass Dominican bitches. And I love strip clubs too. Rock. I'm a strip club guy. I haven't, I'm not in there as much as I used to, but I'm just like, man, I don't even want to look at girls right now. Like, I don't care to go to another bar by drinking whatever at three that's two three bills right there the like you walk in yeah 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 because i'm gonna be probably buying yep. and i i don't i don't, don't want to do that. 
As I actually don't. She kind of acts like she's okay with the potential of her leaving while I'm just at the apartment. But then I can tell she was psychologically, I can tell that she's kind of like stalling. Because it's like, she was like, yeah, I'll go out if we're going to go out. But then she wasn't trying to kick me out, but I could tell she wasn't really comfortable with the idea of staying. Or she might have been, but like her mind changing every two seconds. I think it was like, yeah, I don't know about you being in the bedroom. You could probably sleep on the couch. Right, right, right. And I'm just like, I didn't come back to the broadcast to sleep on the couch. Like, I didn't, I was drunk. I could have just fucking yeah. left him home and went home. You know, then it gets to the point where it's like, I'm realizing, yeah, you know what? We're not going to have to rekindle the kissing and touching. I was like looking at how can I get back to Queens? I live in Queens. Coming from the Bronx is going to be a long ass ride home. You know, local stops. I'm just thinking about all those nights I used to do going to uptown, doing shit like this, trying to get girls and then, you know, coming home for a two hour train ride at three or four in the morning. So I just like, yeah, I say, hey, I'm going to leave, you know, enjoy the titties, the Latin titties down the street. We'll talk. And she was like, all right, peace. And then I leave. Luckily, there's a bus that goes from the Bronx to Queens, the BX44 or whatever. So I walked about 10 minutes. And I caught a bus going to Queens, and I got home within an hour. I, I made a young guy mistake trying to stick it out, hoping things might turn out my way just because I had what was, what was in front of me. She's attractive. She's a tease. She is. She can be a vibe. But there's a lot that comes with a woman like her trying to get someone on a Friday night. It can be a lot. It can wow. be a goddamn a lot. So, yeah. That was great. I am really happy you told that story because... Oh, please tell me. Why are you so happy? Because of the subject matter. I'm finding the older I get, the easier it is to know who's good for you and who's bad for you. Yeah. Even if you don't want to know it, even if you are like, I'd love that, I'm not listening, I'm not listening, you know it. The energy can't lie. I look at people like opening doors. When you mm. open that door behind door number three, you know it's chaos. And I fooled myself thinking that maybe time, life has grown, like things have changed. She's probably gotten better, you know, and she's older than me. That was another thing. There was an age gap. She's like closer to 40. So I figured, you know, maybe those things that I saw when we hung out back in the day, would maybe they, they, they hadn't, would manifest again. Yeah. Totally did. And the reason too is I think I have like an empathy, especially for people who kind of go through really hard times. Like I said, she's had trouble with alcoholism and other stuff and she's she's had to like be away from her kids at one point to get herself better like going to like treatment facilities whatever like that so like i genuinely root for her to be better and to get better i believe when she is sober and chill she's like i said very smart she's she's cool very fun and, and nice to be around she likes to have a good time appetite for life good quality but the liquor and whatever else she could be you know doing when when she when she feels it it turns her into a very, very toxic and exhausting person. And yeah, and I, and I told her this. I said, I said, you're exhausted. We, we could have had a nice night, Harlem, whatever like that. Like the some of that stuff we could have avoided. I fucks with you. Like I, like I said, I got love for you. And I want to see you be better, overcome your demons and stuff like that. So I think that's the reason why I kind of hold out the window that maybe she could get it right. If she's telling me, hey, you know, I've been sober. I've been trying to be, you know, stay focused. But her thing is too is like she works in a, a social worker. I think when you when you that when you're in that kind of field, it's an exhausting field, and so it just make you want to drink. You know that natural human like animalistic that thing that we kind of have deep down. She lets it out, yeah. but it comes out with the liquor and stuff. So it it like a lot. You know when you have like inner stuff, it just yeah man, it all kind of manifests itself in different ways. But you know I hope she can get it you know to get it together in the way that she wants to. And, you know, as she grows and gets older and more mature, she'll learn that, like, yeah, I don't need to do these things to have a good time. I'm not my best person when I'm under the kinds of influence, especially when I'm with Nick Alexander, a funny, <laughs> nice comedian, charming, just wants to, you know, kick back and I'm cool with whatever I can be. I'm, I'm fine in any environment. Like, I'm not scared or whatever. You know, I was willing to try to help protect a woman who I didn't know. She's like, you know, whatever. Hey, man, I'm a good guy. I believe I know I'm a good guy. I don't have to prove to you that I am. <laughs> don't be a lot. Nick Alexander, he goes back for the coat. <laughs> I go back. The animal thing is true. I urges those those rays, those feelings that yeah, I saw I saw with her tenfold. Last night I came home around two two thirty in the morning. I actually was at the cellar. I was watching the chem set. Oh, I gotta go to the show before I go, before I leave. I was coming home from that. It was like two thirty in the morning because it ends so late. I'm walking, I'm about to turn the corner on the street and I see this bar that I always go to and it's after 2 a.m. and I was on the phone with one of my friends. I see everybody, all these people outside the bar laughing, just having a good time. I'm like, y'all, it is Wednesday. But my body is like, 
what is going mm. on over there? I want to play too. I want to see. I'm lucky that for the most part, I have the, okay, I got shit to do in the morning. I have, I have yeah. responsible. I'm not about to go spend a bunch of money. Just to yeah. like the, the yeah. animal yeah. Order to, to see like, and the curiosity is always around the corner. Man, always, always. And yeah, like I have to be very tight with my budget because I'm, I'm trying to manage my personal stuff on finances. I'm. I always want to go have fun and have a good time, but you gotta pick and choose, and you gotta be selective. You gotta be realistic too. It's just like, yeah, I don't have it. I can't be out trying to act like I have it. No, you can't. You do so many shows, and you do L.A. You're bi coastal, which is yeah, yeah. This yeah, this is the first year I'm saying I'm bi coastal. People ask me, yeah. Now I am. Yeah. It's something I feel like you could say with confidence. If you look at your social media, you are. <laughs> No, but really, like you're doing it over in LA and you're doing it when you come back to New York. You're very much bi-coastal. What is something you say to yourself just in case anybody needs to hear it? Comedy is such a party lifestyle. It's so much fun. The shows are always at night for the most part. Maybe you get a couple brunch shows, but the comedy scene is at night. How do you find, okay, I'm Nick. I am a comic. I need to experience life. I want to be part of the party wave. But also, I need to go home and take care of my business. What is your inner monologue on a night like that where you're kind of getting torn in both ways? You know, ideally, when you're in comedy, entertainment, when you get to a certain place, you kind of like realize there will be cool things going on. Sometimes there'll be a, a lull period. And then sometimes you'll have a lot of stuff happen around the same week or two week span. You'll get invited to things. And then there's things that you're trying to go to. After a certain age, and I think sometimes you, well, no, no actually, I'm going to keep it for entertainers because it's not the life for the normal person, you know, the normal working person. You prefer to, you prefer to be invited to something because that's where you're not trying to like get in and hope somebody can help you get inside, which is very uh, LA thing. Like, you know, when it's like somebody's having like a big event or whatever like that, you're really hoping that you can get through the whole guest list, VIP, Hollywood bullshit and navigate and come inside because once you are inside, the people in there know you, but you're a quote unquote nobody to the guys who are working in security or outside managing everybody saying who they know. So this is why you should get me in there. Is there you know what I mean? For me, what I'll do is, you know, like when I'm aware of somebody's party or whatever like that, I'll tell myself, okay, you've been out the whole week doing what you're supposed to do, work whether it's working my job to pay the bills, doing enough comedy, you know, three, four nights in a row straight. So prioritize making this party, right? Like there's a mm -hmm. comic friend of mine, uh, Glodetti Smorta, what we call her Glory. She's very funny and talented. Uh, and she has a way to just bring, kind of bring people together. She likes to curate events, things like that, right? So she has like a, a, a mantra or just a saying that she does as a part of her brand where she's being obnoxious, but she's also kind of serious about just calling it that and putting it in existence called legendary. Like everything she does is legendary. Like my 30th legendary birthday party comedy show, 31 legendary, my legendary brand, TikTok, whatever. You know, some comics kind of feel like, who is this comic that call herself a legend or whatever like that? But I don't care. Like, I, you should want to feel like you're a legend or whatever like yeah. that. Whatever it takes for you to, to amplify your, your your belief in yourself. So, and I, and I really dig that about her. So, from afar, I've, I've seen, she's only been in comedy like five or six years, but she's like my age. She's grown in thought. She's uh, a savvy business person. So I don't treat her like you're a new comic or a comic that's way below me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because social wise, what? Like, you're, you're, ve you're very much at my level, um, even if we're years apart in comedy and experience. Yeah. But she does great events. And a lot of the scene, especially on the black and brown side, were very supportive of each other and, and of her. I always kept missing her birthday because she, you know, she does, she does her shows usually in New York. And I'm like, man, I got to go to one of these glory things. And I'm like in L.A. and, you know, it's not even like a, a huge celebrity's birthday. It's just a friend of mine who just looks like she always has dope events going on. So I happened to finally be in New York this go around around the time of her birthday. And I had a bunch of shows because I was like hustling to do spots and whatever like that. Mm -hmm. But I said, I'm not going to take on anything this night so that I can finally make it to a glory party, yeah. a birthday. And I and I, I missed the I missed the comedy show. I was I got held up at the house. But I made it in time for the party, saw comics that I hadn't seen in years. And those are always great, too, when you just kind of like catch everybody in one setting. And she probably must have had like 50 plus comics show up at certain points throughout the night. And then we were like outside talking to like comics like Nico, Nico White was there, mm -hmm. my boy Phil, um, just a bunch of guys who I, I raw battled. You know, I know over time who I just haven't seen and kicked it with. We all were just talking shit outside the party after midnight for like another hour, two hours. 
Then Gloria comes outside, we surprise her, we sing happy birthday while she's outside in fucking in meatpacking district. So it's like, it's looking like a, a like some dope ass New York City event, which, which it was for our, for our space. That was just cool because it was like, all right, that one night I'm going to come out, I'm going to go for this party thing, have a good time, meet who I meet, connect, reconnect with who I reconnect with. And then tomorrow, you know, back to the shows and whatever. But I'm going to make sure I make this party. But I'm not getting caught up trying to go to random bars and parties all the time because that's just not productive and it, that gets expensive in the uh, quite honestly if you ain't got it like that or ain't no reason to be trying to you know chase going to bars and parties whatever like that so i think yeah i think it's like you know i i, I prioritize this one event hey you, even if you have a show before and knock out the show go to the party kick it there don't you know run yourself around the city and then tomorrow you back you back to it but tonight just be present try to have fun because notice what happens is like in la you're not doing as many shows per night and then you could just end up going to, yeah, I'll go to this bar where people kick it. That's a cool spot. And you just kind of feel like I'm going to too many events. What am I really doing? Yeah. That could happen easily. Like two or three nights, there'll be there'll be something, a, a movie premiere that, that'll have a nice party or, or a TV show has their rap party. Somebody has a birthday thing or, or some event. There's so much going on in L.A. And, you know, and for the dudes that just got money that want to chase beautiful chicks, that works for them. But for me, it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing too much party and I'm not working. You don't feel like it working. And it runs your body down, too. So it's really important to find a balance. It's really important. And it's yeah, yeah, finding but... one, Nick. It feels like you've got a good one. Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, my sleep pattern, I still late nights, for sure. Yeah. Getting home two, three, maybe not crashing till four, especially yeah. when I'm in New York. L.A., like, I'm not successful enough yet where I'm going to these parties that, like, the after things that go on all night. I'm not tapped in like that. But, like, most people, when you go to L.A., like, you know, L.A. shuts down, like, one thirty-two. So you're still in bed by a decent time, especially because you can just drive home or whatever like that. So like, yeah, even if I'm find myself down, I'm going to too many events. I'm my curfew time is still kind of decent, you know. Yeah, you're still in bed by a decent hour because that's just how LA LA is. Yeah, I'm figuring out that balance thing of you know having fun, socializing in that party vibe set setting, and then making sure I'm doing my work as a stand up, as a comic, as a you know however I'm doing my, my stuff. So yeah. I think I, I have it okay right now. I think you do too. And just so everybody knows, so they can check you out. People in yeah. LA don't have an excuse, and people in New York don't have an excuse. Yeah. Who's on you in New York? I'm here till the ninth, August 9th. If they haven't followed you from episode five, right, 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 episode four, actually, if they haven't followed you from then, okay. please check out the first episode <laughs> on Rocky, Rocky's podcast. And then, yes, you guys can follow me on any social media platform. At Nick of Comedy, N-I-C-K-O-F-C-O-M-E-D-Y, one word, Nick of Comedy. Usually if you type in Nick of Comedy, anything of mine comes up because I'm the only one with those handles on everything. So I left out. I beat out all the other Nicks. There's only one Nick of Comedy. That's me. I'm doing my spots and whatnot. But uh, Saturday, July 29th, one-on-one lounge in the East Village, 6 p.m. I'm doing a 30-minute set. You can get tickets. The link is in my bio. I'm collabing with my friend Todd Monacy, who runs a, a brand of shows called the UG Comedy. It's like right off the F train if you go on the First Avenue exit on the corner. Right. And then they have a nice, beautiful space. So, yeah, I'm running a half hour set and I have some of my friends performing. Uh, Shatara Curry, Juan Wiggins, Lana Sabell, Todd Monacy will be also performing as well. And I'm, I'm doing 30 minutes. So, yeah, it's at 101 Lounge, Saturday, July 29th, 6 p.m. And to get tickets, it's the the link is in my bio and my uh, on my Instagram. Yeah, it's gonna be a great time. The only one show I'm doing a longer set in New York before I go back to LA, and, and then we're gonna hang out at the bar afterwards and drink and catch up. Whoever shows up, you know that's that'll be my little kickback. That's your legendary kickback. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna it's gonna be a legendary early Saturday kickback. You know, after a 6 p.m. show. Come on out for me, please. Come on out. Come on out for Nick. Nick, this was so much fun as usual. You delivered with the story, delivered with the conversation, and I just can't thank you enough. You always come through for me. And I'm glad we actually made it happen. As long as I have this show, Nick, you always have a platform to come and tell your wild story. So I thank you. I love you. And you and I love you too. All right, Rocky. Thank you so much. (laughs) 